Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and and that's just something that, you know, I I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Hugging a perfect stranger as they become a friend. Having a good time when the orange and blue W-I-N. Tuning in every day with the good folks down at Welcome, welcome, welcome into the BSM Broncos podcast. I'm Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andre Simone, with Ryan out of town. Uh, Hope he's having a great trip. And Dre, we have so much to talk to. I'm so excited to pick your brain. But before we jump into the show, let me tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, the BSM Broncos presenting sponsor. And let me tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. This is a CBD-infused coffee, and it not only tastes incredible, but it can relieve everyday aches and pains, anxiety, migraines, and so, so much more. So make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee. I know people here in the office use it and swear by it. So make sure to check them out, Strava Craft Coffee. All right, let's jump into the show, let's Dre. Let's do it. Where do we start? I mean, I we, we, we have to start. We, Andre, you must love mm. where these hires are going right now. I mean, you, you have Fangio. You have Donatel. Mm-hmm. And now we get, we get <laughs> an, an, another Italian <laughs> name another thrown Italian. in there. It, th- th- this is your mob we're rolling with. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering why I haven't got a call yet, you know. Uh, it's uh, interesting. But, no, um, Really, like, what great hires they've made so far, uh, really coming together. And I think they did a good job of jumping on it early. And even though they had that kind of wrench uh, thrown in their plan with the Kubiak situation, they reacted quickly 
didn't have to interview multiple offensive coordinators. They got their guy and went from there. So that's great. Well, we, we Ryan and I knew this was coming. The uh-huh. hiring of Rich, uh, Rich Scangarello. There you to, go. To be offensive coordinator, we knew it was coming, but it was made official last night. Yep. When you hear the news that it's official, what's your first reaction? Well, I think it's a big swing. Um, I think he's a really intriguing guy who doesn't give you many assurances, but at the same time, um, you know, promises to to bring some unique traits that we haven't seen in other potential offensive coordinator hires. I wonder if they'll add anyone who does have previous play calling experience at any level, um, whether it's another guy from with you know, experience as a play caller at lower level colleges or in Canada or what have you to kind of pair him with because, uh, you know, Munchak isn't a play caller. So you do need maybe a little more experience there, but it's the great unknown with Scangarello, and that's kind of exciting. And the NFL loves the, the unknowns. I mean, Apparently. fans love the unknowns. Yeah. Players love the unknowns. Right. Coaches love the unknowns. So th- this should be a welcomed hire. Now, yeah. it's like I said yesterday. On the defensive side of the ball, Fangio's floor is is pretty darn high, especially mm-hmm. with the talent he's yes. given. His ceiling is also extremely high. When you have right. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, you pair that up with a defensive coordinator that can take bad teams and right. make them really good, yep. come on, that unit's going to be pretty yep. good this year, next year, three years down the line. Right. You, you, we don't really have to worry about that. The other side of the ball, yeah. this is, I mean, Ryan Ryan has been wanting a swing, uh, j- just a swing, whether it's a swing and a miss or a swing and a home <laughs> right. run. That's what this is. Right. Because the talent or the lack of talent, some people may say, on the offensive side of the ball, paired up with a guy who's been an offensive coordinator at small, small, oh, small colleges. Small. And the NFL, the past two years, he's been a quarterback's coach, and that's by far the, the highest up he's oh, been right. in the NFL. Right. But he has he has the potential to be that up-and-coming guy, the guy mm-hmm. that in two years, heck, maybe after this year, if I he's know, able to turn a rookie or Case Keenum yeah. into, into something big, he's not young, so a team may say, huh, I want this rich guy on my team, right. and I want to be my head coach. And that would be ideal for the yeah, Broncos. That's true. If he's plucked, that would be ideal because it would mean things are going in the right direction. The Broncos yeah. haven't had that in so long but yeah one of the things you said about him was just it, the the great unknown mm-hmm. and the he's so different and yeah one of the things doing research into him that is so different is he will not be afraid of the deep ball now i'm not saying bill musgrave was afraid of the deep ball but we, we had vance joseph and bill musgrave come out last year and say we need case to take more chances right with with Scangarello, that that's not going to be a, a top of conversation. They're not going to be asking him to take more the his quarterback to take more chances because in 2017 Scangarello said it's a non-negotiable quality that 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 his every single one of his quarterbacks needs to be willing to throw the deep ball yeah. without a hesitation. Not bad. You you got to get excited about that and he talks about uh Shanahan's system and what he really was intrigued about was that he coaches in a way where every single play should be designed to potentially be a house call, right? Mm. Um, and that's what we want. We want more explosiveness. We want the ability to break big plays more often. 
And uh, that's very intriguing. And, uh, yeah, you wonder. Now, Case Keenum's numbers, at least when I checked them towards the end of the season, on deep throws were pretty good. So you wonder, does that make Case more appealing? Or does it mean that taking a quarterback in round one potentially becomes even more of a possibility? And, you know, I I hope I'm not skipping steps on the rundown here, but, uh, you know, between Haskins, Drew Locke, and even Kyler Murray. You've got some guys who can sling it deep, for sure. Oh, it's perfect. That, that's a yeah. perfect segue. Who, in this draft class of top guys, mm-hmm. because that's where we have our eyes on, because that's what who I believe the Broncos are looking at, Yeah. who fits the, this this brief profile that we have of Rich Scangarello? Whew. That's, uh, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? I think um, Locke certainly fits. He's uh, he's the prototypical guy. Um and he's developed really nicely this season, um, cleaning out some aspects of his game that were troublesome to the point where maybe one of his strengths last year has become one of his weaknesses, where his his deep ball accuracy can come and go. He needs to be more consistent. So on the topic of deep ball accuracy um, or you know, being able to sling it deep, I think that's relevant to Scangarella in this conversation we're having. And then I think Haskins is as good a deep ball thrower as... Um, as you'll study in this draft or most drafts, I've compared him to Jared Goff repeatedly, and he's kind of um, not not the best, uh, you know, not the best athlete you think of, you know, like black quarterback from Urban Meyer's system. You'd you'd imagine he's a tremendous athlete. That's not the case with uh, Dwayne Haskins. He's a really good pocket passer who can um, sling it deep with tremendous accuracy. And the other thing is, as I'm preparing my film room on Scangarello and his offense, I I did go into a little Wagner tape, uh, his most recent college stop. Wow, that is some deep stuff right there. It started as a joke between Ryan and I, um, <laughs> him kind of giving me a hard time of either Wagner tape or nothing. And uh, believe it or not, I found the Wagner tape, and I'm studying it up a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so stay tuned. That'll be, that'll be up on the site sometime this weekend, I'm sure. And um, anyways, I did notice he liked to run it with the quarterback a whole lot. And uh, Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo, the two guys that have kind of built his NFL career with his work with them, they're mobile QBs too. And um, Locke's more mobile than Haskins. Decent athlete, not great. If he really wants a mobile quarterback, then Kyler Murray comes into play. Uh, Daniel Jones is a decent athlete, though I don't think he has the greatest... uh, arm velocity and uh so yeah there you go and then you can get into lower tiers of guys like will Greer or brett rippon those guys have not they do a good job throwing it vertically their issue is more um consistency and decision making drew lock drew lock that's the name that we need to get used to to hearing around here because you know there's been reports that they they were really interested in him when they saw him they liked what they saw in fact they love what they saw and now you get Rich in here, likes the the big arm, wants to take the shots. Drew Locke's not afraid to take the shots, and he can take yeah. the shots. Dre, I, th- I think it's too obvious. I think it's too obvious. that That's the only reason why why I'm not full, full on board with the Drew Locke. Is it, it seems too good to be true. Uh, it, there, there's some speculation now that the Washington Redskins are looking to trade up in right. the draft in order right. to grab a quarterback. Um, you know, maybe maybe their guys Dwayne Haskins and and Redskins actually jump up to top three to That'd take be a him. Phenomenal move, if you ask me. But if they don't, and the Giants, let's say, grab uh, Dwayne in in the top five, and then you have 
uh, Drew Jaguars, Locke. Yep. Yeah. You, you have the Jaguars. Ten. I, I mean, just, just just a it's month a ago. It's a tricky spot. It, it's, this is just the NFL. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it, this happens every single year unless yep. there's an Andrew Luck of, ah, well, you know, maybe the, the top two quarterback will fall to 10. And then, I mean, we're already middle of January, yeah. and that seems out the window like that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So it, I can't wait for the draft pod tomorrow to dive into this more. And the Senior Bowl next week oh, when, I know. when, it's when be all amazing. of us will be here. I can't wait to see what you see on that field and, yeah. and to see Drew Locke with my own two right. set or with my own two eyes. That, that'll be great. But, Andre, let's, let's take a step back and look. What, what, what's, what's, what type of offense should we expect? From this year, yeah, what should it look like? Yeah, I think um, I think we should expect a lot of the Shanahan concepts. So you know, zone blocking, which is an interesting fit with Munchak, uh, because what he was doing at the Steelers and even in Tennessee in the latter part of his tenure there, it's a lot of power and gap um, blocking. And you know, in a lot of ways, the offensive line coach is the de facto. Um, run game coordinator, if you will. Uh, so, you know, it will be very interesting how Scagnolo and Munchek are able to mesh what they prefer to do. And uh, with so many, you know, so many guys with their contracts up on the offensive line, it'll be very interesting to see, will they target more zone blocking guys? Will they target more power scheme guys? Uh, who of the, I think it's four free agents we have on the O-line, Valdira, Paradis, Turner, and Garcia, right? Um, which of these guys, those guys are retained? Which of those guys do they move on from? That'll be really interesting. So all that makes for an interesting conversation. But I think beyond the things we don't know, what we do know is you're going to see a lot of that Shanahan offense. You're going to see a lot of 21 and 12 personnel. So two backs or two tight ends which might mean they need to add a tight end because injuries have been rough on the last few years. Um, And I think Andy Janovich, who maybe was afraid he'd be out of a job when Kubiak didn't take the job, should be very happy because I think the fullback will be back. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk was a very important part of that 49ers offense. And I think we'll see more shotgun than we were seeing with, than we would have potentially seen with... uh, Musgrave or Kubiak for sure, and maybe a little more than we would have seen with um, Musgrave as well. And I think we'll see a little more spread looks. Um, in just the initial research I've done, I didn't see a ton of RPO looks, but I saw some. And I think the most intriguing part of the um, the Niners' offense that doesn't get talked about enough is how well they can overload zone coverage and really put defenders in difficult decisions. Um, What I mean by that is you're going to put a linebacker in a situation where you either take the tight end to the flat or you take a wide receiver up the seam. And that split-second decision that linebacker is going to make is going to lead to those big plays that we're hunting for in that offense. And that's going to be kind of the key, is how they attack um, zone coverages. You watch that scheme... They really did a nice job of manufacturing wide open uh, touchdowns for their guys regularly Mm. because they're doing a lot of that. You know, they're putting defenders in tough spots and sooner or later there's a breakdown and one guy gets left open and you hit him. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of play action. That's where you're going to see a lot of the deep shots. That's not all that different from the offenses we've had in Denver the last few years. It's all, you know, predicated on kind of running first. 
setting up uh, play action and play action bootlegs, and that's where you take your shots deep. Yeah, and you look no further than just what San Francisco's done Mm -hmm. and what their offenses looked like. And they have not been a good team the past two years record-wise. Yes. But what they've been able to do on offense has actually been very, very impressive. Now, it it hasn't jumped out on the national attention because, uh, you know, they're playing with C.J. Beathard and they're playing with Nick Mullins. Right, totally. But if you were to really dive in and see how well that offense Mm -hmm. has performed, with how little talent they have, specifically at the quarterback position, or maybe maybe right. I shouldn't say not not talented guys, but not experienced guys, right. and just throwing them in there, it's been really impressive. Yeah. And the guy, yes, Kyle Shanahan's calling the play, so there I, there should be concern yep. about yep. what what Rich uh, what what his play calls yeah. are going to be like. And until you see it, that should be a concern. Yeah, totally. But in terms of developing a quarterback, right, uh, right. I don't know if you can be concerned about that. Yep. And with that one year when he was at Wagner College, I saw some interesting stats last year or, or, or last night. Uh-huh. They were a terrible offense. He took over and he raised their numbers significantly yeah. Yeah. in that one year he was there. So it, it, as a play caller, maybe that does give you hope. Yeah, but totally. until I see it at the, at the NFL level, I understand well, right. why some people are skeptical and holding back. And, and that makes complete sense. But here's, here's what Vic Fangio said about him yesterday he said he quote-unquote worked wonders with all of the 49ers quarterbacks yep that's cj bethard that's Mm -hmm. nick mullins that's jimmy garoppolo people five game stretch a a 27 and a half million dollar quarterback he worked wonders with Mm -hmm. so that's why you're bringing him in and that's why drew lock or dwayne haskins or uh just pick a first round quarterback yeah is going to be in denver very intriguing. That yeah, and I mean, what he's shown with Mullins and uh, Garoppolo is the ability to simplify and implement things. You know, these guys were kind of rushed into having a start, right? Garoppolo gets traded midseason, and you, you let him learn for a couple games, and then he played the last five games, and they were undefeated. Well, you really had to make sure he was comfortable, and you adjusted the offense to him. You simplified things. I think that's something that gets overlooked. And the same with Mullins, a guy who, who came from a strictly uh, spread offense at Southern Miss and you know was not expected to be the starter, wasn't expected to be the backup. They got him ready on to play on Sundays and do a good job. Um, and the thing is, as a play caller, that's the big question mark, right? We just said, what kind of plays will he have? And he'll take a lot of that Niners playbook with him. But what comes with an experienced play caller like Kyle Shanahan or a gifted play caller like the McVeighs or Andy Reid's of the world is they find the right balance. They know when to set the defense up and then strike with that counter, you know. Mm. How much of a learning curve will that be for Scangarello? That's the big question. Exactly, yeah. That, that's a huge question. And speaking of, of, of Scangarello, his staff is coming together very quickly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we knew of Musgrave, obviously. Uh, we, we knew that Zach Azani, well, we're pretty sure that Zach Azani was coming back as a wide receivers right. coach. We knew Curtis Monkins was coming back as a, wide right. res- or as a running back coach. And both of those guys should come back. I think yep. they did a, a very good job with their young cores last yes. last year. Tight ends coach was open, and quarterbacks coach, it was uncertain if right. Mike Sullivan was coming back or not. News just coming down the wire right now, Andre. Oh. Tight ends coach has been hired. It is Wade Harmon. Uh, he was the, t- the, the tight ends coach for the Falcons the past three years. 
Before that, he was the Falcons' offensive line coach for one mm. year. But here's the kicker. Before that, from 1999 to 2013, yeah. we're talking 15 years. Yeah. He was the tight ends coach of the Ravens. So this guy, interesting. This guy is as experienced yeah. as you can find with right. tight ends. It, it's a smart hire, I believe, mm -hmm. from Rich. Well, he's not young. He's still new to the NFL game. Yeah. Only four years under his belt right. in the NFL Nothing. game. So it makes sense to surround himself with these veteran guys. Uh, and so Jeep Chris will not be coming back. He was a tight ends coach last right. year. He was also an experienced guy. But this guy, Wade Harmon, tight ends all the way. Yeah, no kidding. What experience he's had. Yeah, but tons, tons of experience. Um, so really just waiting to hear on that quarterback position, if right. they keep Mike Sullivan or not. And on the defensive side, which I want to pick your brain about in just yeah. a second, really the only thing that's left is DB's coach. And the thing right. is, Ed Donatel is a DB's coach. Right. In fact, he was a DB's coach in Denver two separate times. <laughs> right. So right. they don't need to hire a DB's mm -hmm. coach. I do think that they will bring a DB's coach in or... Just have yeah, their bases covered. Exactly, yeah. because last year they had two DB's coaches. They had Marcus Robertson, who was uh, the DB's coach, and they had an assistant, Greg Williams. Both of those guys are now in Arizona right. joining Vance Joseph's yeah. staff. So I would expect to, to at least have one DB's coach, and yeah. then maybe you don't have the assistant because it's right, the, right, the, right, the right, guy right. he hires really the assistant, yep. and Donatel is that guy. Otherwise, we know. We know this yeah, staff. Yeah, the staff's almost it, it, up. I know. We know what it is. So what does an Ed Donatel, or should I say a Vic Fangio defense look yes. like? I wanted to ask Vic this, but you could only get one question at the press conference. Andre, how different is and it going to look? You got the very good question <laughs> from Coach, too. <laughs> huh? so, so I Great I first impression. Right <laughs> yes, I loved it. I was listening <laughs> in and rooting quietly as I listened <laughs> in, like, way to go, Zach, way I, to go. I appreciate it, Trey. So how different is this defense going to look? We know it's still going to be a 3-4, right. but how different? Are we going to see the same defense, just better, or are we going to see some different things? Yeah, I think we'll see some major differences in the back seven um, and in how this team likes to play coverage. Uh, we're going to see the importance of cornerbacks go down and decrease because there's not as much man man schemes it's a lot more mm. cover four and stuff like that that doesn't mean you you you're set at cornerback all of a sudden far from it but it means the guys you could add you might be able to find undervalued guys in free agency and the draft who aren't you know that prototypical man corner who you're gonna have to pay mm. 10 plus million or you're gonna have to draft in the first two rounds because those are premium guys so that really changes things a lot you know um and that's going to put more of an importance on, on safeties and the ability to cover more areas of the field and it's especially especially going to put a premium on interior linebackers and their ability to cover lots of the field mm, that makes this offseason very very yeah. interesting because in the past it's you need three corners right. in in this system. You right. have to have it. Look what happened last year when you just lost one of them. Right is it, it was it was a nightmare at it's times. A disaster. It, it was yeah. terrible. Now that makes it interesting with the decision on Bradley Roby. How how willing are you to sign him to a big term deal? How willing yeah. are you to draft Greedy Williams right. at number ten instead right. of trading up to get a corner yeah. quarterback? That is very interesting. And then yeah. on the other side, the position that matters more inside linebacker. 
Inside linebacker. Do you yep. hang on to an athletic Brandon Marshall? He said he he, he slimmed down a lot this past right. year, and, and right. he said that was probably he was probably a little too slim, which uh-huh. I think everyone except for Brandon Marshall was saying that <laughs> right. last off season. Right. But he's your most athletic linebacker. Are you going to go with a Todd Davis and a Josie Jewell, uh, two guys that p- play a similar position, even though now this position is even more important now? That makes it really, right. really interesting. Or do, or do you go after your Roquan Smith in the first round? Yep. Uh, a position that John Elway, in terms of draft capital, has never valued mm-hmm. high. And would, he would have never thought of right. drafting a, a, an inside linebacker in the first round. And we saw that with Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster was sitting there. And he was as talented as right. could be. I mean, a top five talent, in my opinion, yep, in that totally. draft. Totally, 100%. And now there was all the other concerns, right. which John has been proven right if that yep. was the reason for not picking him up. But he was sitting right there. So are they really going to get one at 10? I mean, if you're bringing Fangio in to control this defense, you better let him have personnel decisions now. 100%. If you go quarterback in the first round, that trumps everything. Yes, 100%. And the thing is, even though... The linebackers are really important. The nice thing is speedy linebackers who are a little undersized, they're still undervalued a little bit. So you don't necessarily have to spend premium cap or draft picks to get the guys you want. Think of a Danny Trevathan, for example. Um, So you just need to pick the right guys, and I think that's going to be true with corner as well. You just got to pick the right guys um, and then, you know, I, I see a lot of chatter on Twitter of, oh, finally Vic Fangio isn't going to drop Von Miller and Bradley Chubb in coverage. No, he's, <laughs> he's going to drop them in coverage. Sorry, guys. Um, and that's okay. I mean, that's just part of a 3-4, and he coaches linebackers. That's his bread and butter. So you better give him, you know, you better give him studs. Yeah, you, 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 very, you, you have to do that. And, Dre, when we wrap this up, something else that just – I don't know. It, it, every time you hire a coaching staff, it's optimistic, right? Of course. Of course. Now, it's some, like a draft class. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're always optimistic yep. until two years down the line when you fire <laughs> right. everyone, just right. like the Broncos just did. Yep. And now they're optimistic about this new class right mm-hmm. now. But here's something that's just a fact. John Elway landed his first, the, the, the number one guy he wanted as head coach, yep. the number two guy he wanted as head yep. coach, which also doubles as the best offensive line coach in the league. Right. He landed his number one defensive coordinator and his number one offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, John, he's got to be thrilled. Maybe offensive coordinator 1B, but yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but I, maybe staff. The, the entire yeah, I agree. staff w- I agree. W- was number one because he could have landed as number one. It was just right. at, at the consensus of letting Brian Perriani join the staff right. uh, and, and, uh, and letting Dennison, R- Rick yeah. Dennison join the staff too, and he said no. Yep. So he, he made that decision, but, but you're right on yeah. that. And do you feel the same sentiment that Ryan and I do, that maybe with the Gary Kubiak stuff and the way that went down, that the Broncos are – in a better position now on the offensive side of the ball? Oh, it's hard to say. Um, Kubiak brought you so many guarantees. You know, I think if you would have given him a suitable quarterback, whether that's through free agency trade or the draft, I think Kubiak could have got this offense to performing back to a borderline top 15 unit, you know, Um while this, I think you have the upside of it could be more explosive and it could even be a top 10 unit if you give 
um, everyone their time to develop and get to the right point, but it could also be a bust, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I think you got to kind of take, you know, you take everything with a grain of salt and you got to kind of balance the, the unknown and upside with the being more of a known commodity, but maybe not being the most exciting. And how about this? Rich back in... Uh, 2015, when he joined the Falcons, he was at Northern Arizona University as, a, as their offensive yeah. coordinator, yeah. making six figures. He loved Northern Arizona. Right. He loved his job. He loved the area he was living in. He thought it was beautiful. Right. He left that job to go take uh, like an assistant offensive line position, right. uh, assistant right. run game coordinator yeah. or something like that, pretty much as entry level as you can yep. get in coaching yep. for I think a 70% pay cut. Yeah. He's making $30,000 or something like yeah. that. He's living with another coach just yeah. in, in their spare bedroom, right. just scraping by. And the reason he did that, he wasn't fired from Northern Arizona. They loved no, him there. Right. He could have stayed there for a long time and then been promoted uh, you know, to a bigger college. Right. The reason, he wanted to learn about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He was running his offense. He was studying his offense on tape. He was doing everything he could to, to be Kyle Shanahan's right, offense. Right. And he said, to fully master it, I need to learn under him. Yeah. So how do you do that? You just get your foot in the door. That's what he did. It could have been a total bust. Yep. He could have gone there, not learned anything. Uh, teams look at him and say, ah, well, no, we're not going right. to hire you as our offensive coordinator. Right. You, you just got a demotion. No, and instead, Kyle Shanahan gets to know him. At first, he just thought he was an offensive line guy. Yeah. And and he's, and Rich says, no, I'm not an offensive line guy. I'm here to know you. Right. I'm here to learn your system. Yeah. And then what happens? Kyle Shanahan goes to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan likes him so much, kind of role reversal, that he brings him on as his quarterback right. coach. And with Kyle Shanahan, quarterback coach, probably the most important yes. uh, assistant coach position outside of the coordinator. So entrust right. him so much right. to bring him on. And, hey, I know a lot of you guys out there are Kyle Shanahan fans. So yep. Kyle Shanahan is endorsing this guy. Right. So that's that's the reason to be excited. Yeah, totally. And, I'm, I mean, I was smiling the whole time you recounted that story because he's a self-made man. Yes. He's not a former player. He's not a son of a coach. You know, he's he's 44 getting his first gig as a play caller in the NFL. Yep. The, we just hired the NFL just hired like five coaches who are younger than him on the offensive side, but he's a self-made man. Um he has a passion for it and uh hey, credit to him. We'll be rooting for him. Impossible not to root for a guy whose stories like that. Absolutely. And another guy that's that's impossible not to root for Casey Kreider. Named to the Pro Bowl yesterday, selected as a quote-unquote need player by Anthony Lynn of the Chargers, who's coaching the Pro oh, Bowl, wow. as, as the long snapper. So I, I think long snappers aren't uh, chosen by fans, and yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. which is fair. It makes sense. So the coaches yeah. get to add those right. final pieces. This is Casey Kreider's first Pro Bowl appearance, and wow. he deserves it. Here's the thing about Casey Kreider. Him, man. We never talk about him yeah. on this podcast, right. and the reason is, the only reason we would be talking about him is if he messed up. And if he messed up and had a bad snap at a critical time of the game, we'd be talking about him. The fact that we don't talk about him is good news for him. And also, he's doing some really cool things with fans. Uh, Andre, you're a Fortnite guy. I am not. I'm not a I'm Fortnite not. guy. We'll have to find out if Ryan's a Fortnite guy. But I Casey Kreider, big Fortnite guy. In fact, the Broncos and him set up a studio 
in their headquarters for him to play Fortnite with fans, connect with fans. It's a really cool thing that he's doing. And so congratulations to Casey Kreider, uh, a guy that, like I said, doesn't get much talked about. Now, Andre, we got to hear from the people. They want to hear from you. They, they want to know what's going on. Is that right? A lot of Antonio Brown stuff happened mm, yesterday that they want to talk about. Sure so did. let's get to those questions. But first, I got to tell you about this awesome offer that we're offering here at BSN. It's $29.99. If you use code BSN2019, that's code BSN2019, you get an annual subscription which unlocks all of our content, Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, everything, for $29.99, and here's the kicker, Andre. Here's the kicker. You get a 50% off coupon for our BSN locker, which you can use on any yeah. product that we have in that locker. Andre, That's I mean, crazy. I'm looking at it right here online. i also looking at all the shirts in this office. Right. These are beautiful. These yeah. are beautiful. Uh, a lot of these shirts beauty. already on sale. You have the Godfather shirt, which yep. just came out, of course, with Vic Fangio. Amazing. You have this awesome Die Hard Nugget shirt with yep. a, a beautiful oh, colored skyline. It's phenomenal. Of course, the classics, Philip Lindsay. Right. I mean, so much. So, oh, I, I can't believe this deal. The I mean, Von Miller goat. I mean, how can you beat this? How can you beat this? Pretty much, yeah. pretty much just giving these things away. So make yep. sure you use code BSN. 2019 to Absolutely. unlock that. Use that at checkout. Get an annual subscription for $29.99 yep. and 50% off BSN Locker. And of course, that's bsndenverlocker.com. So make sure you, you check out the website, yep. uh, check out all the awesome shirts on there, and then also grab that deal with code BSN2019. All right, Andre. Man, we got to hear from the people. And one yes. of the things that I really wanted to know was what higher were they most excited for? Of all the coaches, mm-hmm. since this coaching staff is pretty much wrapped up, who were they most excited about? So we put that out as question of the week, which is, of course, presented by Sports Call. And make sure you check right. them out. Awesome place to, to, to grab a bite to eat and watch any game down there. They have yeah. so many TVs. They have basketball you can play right, down right, there. And, right. of course, it's right in the heart of downtown. So make yeah. sure you check them out. I love it. So we said, what coaching hire are you most excited about? We have the first one coming in from Roger. He says, Munchak or Rich uh, Scangarello? Hmm. Interesting. I'm yeah. su- to be honest, I'm surprised that people are excited. Well, actually, no, I'm not. Because right. Scangarello kind of <laughs> goes against the grain. Yeah. And people were, people were preparing for Kubiak. Yep. And I think everyone was, was trying to force it down. You right. know, okay, right. ah, uh, we won a Super Bowl last time he was here. We, we can do this. Right. Now? Unknown. I mean, it, it couldn't be the, the, the most opposite hire yep. going from Coobs to, to, to Scangarello. So I guess I'm not surprised that people are excited about that. And in a sense, it could be an identical hire. You're kind of hiring a younger Kubiak if he really adopts all the Shanahan offensive principles. So That's the great unknown, right? Now you're making me not excited about it, or what are you doing here? I don't know. I mean, a young Kubiak sounds good, right? It, it does. It does. I young, mean, modern Kubiak, I guess. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Right? Isn't right, that what right. a young modern yep. Kubiak is? It's true. <laughs> it's true. He's he was groomed by the guy that groomed Kyle Shanahan. So you know. Tanner Kelly comes in. He says Fangio because that's the new leader with three exclamation marks. That's how I feel, frankly. Mm. That's how I feel. Because of the leadership. Because this guy coaches extraordinary defense is why I'm excited. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, 
it's not too hard to get excited about, especially yeah, right. people in Denver know what good defense can do. Yep. Yeah, big time. Her one, Harry Urban coming in, he says, far and away, it's got to be Rich Scangarello. Wow. Welcome to the 21st century Denver Broncos offense. <laughs> Holy cow. Crazy. Wow. Now, here we go. What One that I thought was going to be the answer for all of these. Christian Conway says, Munchak, yep. I'm excited to see what kind of structure and discipline he brings to our offensive line. To me, this is, I mean, I guess it's not a surprise to any of you out there. I, I thought Munchak was going to get the head coaching right. job. Right. So the fact that they brought him in as an offensive line coach. It's massive. And then, and then you get the, the, the frosting on top by bringing in the young progressive guy as the offensive coordinator right. to call plays. Right. But you still get Munchak? Yeah, it's crazy. That's that's incredible, mm-hmm. and and I was I wasn't excited about bringing Munchak in as the head coach because uh, of his play calling. Right. In fact, he probably wouldn't have been a play caller, so right. it really made no sense for him to be an offensive line or yep. for, to be an offensive coordinator. Yep. So I I just once they didn't hire him, I thought ah, well that's okay. I mean I I was on board with Fangio. Right. To bring him on, so oh. and that's probably probably why I'm the most excited about right. Munchak of all these hires. Isn't it, and it's not a knock to Fangio at all. It's because you got the best offensive line coach to be your offensive line coach. You didn't have to promote yeah. him to head coach right. in order to get him, and that's kind of what it felt like it was going to be before. I just think offensive line has been my biggest concern. 100%. Outside of quarterback mm-hmm. every offseason yep. for the past three or four years. Yeah. Now, may, may, maybe I'm putting too much trust in Munchak, but I, just, mm, I feel I like I, I can't be putting too much because he's done wonders yep. wherever he's been. Yeah. I trust him with personnel decisions. I trust mm-hmm. him with whatever decisions they make mm-hmm. for him to mold those guys. Right. I expect uh, a borderline top 10 offensive line this year. Right. Next year, year three, should be top five. Yeah. If you yeah. give him the resources, and there's no reason not to give him the resources. If he says, I have to have Matt Paradis pay him right. $10 million a year, right. you know what you do? You pay Matt Paradis fifty yep. million dollars right. over five years. If That's he right. says no, I can I can mold Connor McGovern to be our center. And but but you know what I really need? I need a right tackle in the right. second round. Well. That's what you do. You say, yep. sorry, sorry, Vic. Sorry, Matt Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two spots are taken up. Right. And that's that's how much trust I have in him. Yeah. That's how much confidence I have. In, and just like Christian, that's why he gets me the most mm-hmm. excited. We have one more coming in from Lauren. She says, definitely Fangio. Can't wait to see what mm-hmm. he does with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. But if we can get a young, new quarterback to pair with Scangarello, I may have to change my answer. Boy, that's Scangarello. Man, I I want the the PR firm that's that's, that's built his name up it's, working for me. My God, wow! Exactly. Congratulations, I mean, Rich. Let me remind you when he was with the Falcons. Yes, it was an entry level position. He his main job was preparing the scout team offense. Insane. That that's something where that's your first job, and then ten years later you're the quarterbacks coach. And then five years right. later, the offensive coordinator, and five years later, the head coach. Right. That's not something that you just turn around three years later. Right, in four or five, yeah, yeah, three, four years. It's insane. And now I understand he, he took a very different path. That was a step yes. down. Yep. I'm just saying it is incredible to go along with what you're saying. Give me whatever PR staff he has. Yeah, no kidding. All right, Dre, we have so many more listeners chiming in. 
we got to dive into these questions. Coming in from Threat Level Midnight, he says, Beautiful, The man. War of Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. Mm. I guess we can put the Denver to AB marriage rumors to rest, huh? That's honestly probably the, probably for the best, though. So we saved this because I knew a lot of you yeah. guys wanted to talk about this. We saved this for the questions. Of course, yesterday there was fire on Twitter between Emmanuel Sanders Amazing. and... Uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Of course, we know last year or, or last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, Antonio Brown or Emmanuel Sanders is on the set of NFL Network right. as the news comes down from Ian Rappaport that the Broncos may be a team interested right. to trade for him. Emmanuel, 10 minutes later, right after they talk to Ian Rappaport, mm-hmm. he breaks this news. Emmanuel Sanders is on the set and uh, pretty much says uh, Antonio Brown was wrong. For everything he did, right. Well, what 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 better forum to respond than Twitter, <laughs> right. which which Antonio Brown did yesterday, and of course yesterday, what really sparked Antonio to do this yesterday was Bruce Arians came out, and Bruce was with um, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and, in studio, and right. well, no, also they were together in Pittsburgh. Oh, sure, when, sure. He was uh, their OC, right. Exactly. Right. When, when they drafted these guys, and Bruce Arians said, this isn't the Antonio that we drafted in 2010, talking mm-hmm. about all the diva, all the off-field stuff. Right, right. So Antonio Brown quote tweets uh, an article put out about Bruce Arians saying that, and he says, I'm going to read this word for word, letter by letter, Please do. Please I should do. say. Antonio Brown says, he didn't draft me. He drafted at Emmanuel Sanders, same guy who missed rehab to go on networks to talk about me on situation he have no he have zero clue. <laughs> Arians wow. now wears kangoo kangoo hats and glasses, but I'm a diva. Done see it all. Then they say we friends. Stop lying. Amazing. And then it's Emmanuel one of the great tweets. Uh, Emmanuel of all time, comes back because Antonio tagged Emmanuel. Right. So Emmanuel comes back, tags Antonio. Yep has crying faces, four crying faces before, and says, you know damn well I didn't travel to L.A. to talk about you, fam. You tripping, yo. I went to be an analyst in which you act in foolish was the topic, and I gave my analytical opinion. Get off the gas, yo. You did it to yourself. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. So, so, Andre, we we talked about this yesterday, Ryan and I, before this news came down. Uh, this little back and forth yeah. between these two wide receiver divas, as uh, Emmanuel has admitted he is. Yeah. And Ryan was, of course, we know, he wrote an article about it, yep. 100% for the Broncos going out and trading for Antonio Brown. Uh-huh. And we talked about, could you have Antonio and Emmanuel? I don't think you could have those. No. B- before this conversation, I didn't think you could yep. have those two. Just the, the cap. Don't yep. spend a ton of money on two exactly. wide receivers. Don't do that. Don't do the Emmanuel and DT. You mm-hmm. just got away from that. Yeah. Don't go back to it. He thought maybe that would be a great situation for a young quarterback. Eh, doesn't matter anymore. Right. Now, I don't see there being any scenario where you can have these two guys on the same team. And I think this yeah. just not and not because of this, I think they could get over this situation. Right. Uh coaches could could mend them and you know, now they're on the same team. Yeah, we were just playing. Right, right, you know, right. Emmanuel could say, ah, I threw some laughing, crying faces on yeah. Twitter. It wasn't right. a big deal. But not because of that. Because of what would happen when one small thing would go wrong. Yeah. What happens when Antonio Brown is wide open and Drew Locke throws it to Emmanuel Sanders in tight coverage just because it was a bad read? Antonio's right. going to freak out on the sideline right. or vice versa. <clears throat> or what happens when there's a four-game stretch 
where Antonio's getting 15 targets a game and Emmanuel's at four. Yeah. I mean, we, we can't look at Emmanuel and say Emmanuel uh, has never uh, ha- had any issues on right. the field. No, right. no, there certainly has been. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't do that if it's Case Keenum right. because you know one or both of them are going to be mad yeah, for that's for the sure. majority of the season <laughs> right. in its case. Right. And you can't do that if it's a young quarterback. Exactly. That, that, could, that alone, right. I don't want to say totally ruin him, but that's not good. It's not an ideal situation. And yeah. especially with, with Rich, you know, a first-time coordinator. Yeah, exactly. If you're John, you can't do that. Yeah. And that's why – however, there is still a situation where you can get a ma- where you can get Antonio – and move on from Emmanuel. Emmanuel only costs yes, you a couple million dollars exactly. in dead cap. So exactly. It's, it's the Antonio Brown to Denver, I don't think is done. I think what is Agreed. done Agreed. is Antonio Brown paired with Emmanuel Sanders in Denver. Right. Yep. 100%. Yeah, there's just no way to make those two mesh. And as great as it would be on the field for a young quarterback to have both those guys, it'd be just as hard off the field for both of those guys. Um, you know, for a young QB and first-time offensive coordinator or first-time play caller in the NFL to handle. So what do you think? How different is Antonio Brown? How much better is Antonio Brown than Emmanuel Sanders? And is it worth a second-round pick plus significant uh, more against the cap that you'd be paying Antonio? Well, um, yeah, I think he's better, and a lot of that comes down to the Achilles injury and how how close will Emmanuel Sanders ever be to his old self. Um, But, yeah, without a doubt, Antonio Brown is better. Is he worth it? Well, the thing is, uh, could that second-rounder price tag have gone down as this situation gets more and more mm, crazy he keeps going on uh twitter and saying right things? well not answering rooney's calls you know it's uh he's he's not helping the steelers at all in this situation it's like <laughs> you wanna you wanna get rid of me you wanna throw me under the bus then do it that's fine but i'm not gonna play the good soldier so that you can send me where i want to be i'm gonna i'm gonna be me and and I think, you know, we can get too caught up in the off-field stuff. Once you have a, an okay situation, sometimes we just need to change the scenery and everything goes back to normal, you know? You're, you're exactly right about that. And the Broncos would have to make sure that it would go back to normal right. uh, be, before making that investment. And like I said yesterday, you talk to Mike Munchak. If Mike Munchak signs off on him, then you make the deal. Even if it's just if it's a second rounder, you right. do that in a heartbeat because I, I agree. There, there's no debating the difference between Antonio and Emmanuel on the field. And now on to threat level midnight's question. That wasn't even a question wow. there, Dre. He says, my question is, what do you think our offense will look like next year? I know Scangarello worked with Jimmy G and Mullins, but I haven't actually done the research to see what his scheme looks like. I'm guessing I'm just worried that it'll be an av- it'll be average for the fourth year in a row, with the exception of Lindsay. So we've kind of talked about what yeah. it what it's going to look like. What's an expectation? Where's this offense going to mm-hmm. rank? What what should we truly expect? Not get our hopes up. But be realistic. Uh, so hard to say because uh, ultimately it's an unknown and we don't know what upgrades will be made in the off season. I think once we know better what kind of uh, personnel Scangarello will be dealing with, then it'll be easier to evaluate and really figure out what the expectations should be. I mean, it's all about the quarterback, to, to be completely yep, honest. 100%. It, it, and if it's actually, I don't think it is about the quarterback. 
mm. unless I, I don't think it matters who what the name is uh, uh, on the last name of that quarterback uh-huh. because I think we're probably going to be looking at not not the most explosive offense should I say this year mm-hmm. and that's why you go get a young guy because you get through that pain year this yeah. year yeah. instead of having a pain year with Case Keenum this year right. and then getting that young quarterback next year and having another bad year right. to get through those growing pains. Yeah. And I'm all for it. If you don't believe in any of these quarterbacks, don't draft them. Yep. Have Suffer through this mm-hmm. year with Case Keenum. Get the guy. I'm not changing my tone on that. No. But I don't think that's the case. I think the Broncos have a at least one guy in Absolutely. this draft. I, I think they, they have two to three guys. Yeah. That they will draft, that they could draft, or that they'd be open to drafting right. in the first round this year, and that's why I say don't wait. If yep. you have a guy, mm-hmm. get him, get through that pain and sufferable year because you know what? Maybe it's the same performance that we saw from Case Keenum last yep. year, but you know what? If Case Keenum was a rookie, he had a darn good year. Yeah, no kidding. It, right. Case Keenum's not a rookie. Nope. That's why go get the rookie. Have yeah. those mistakes this year. That's why I don't think it really matters yeah. who that guy is. I think we're looking at an average offense. Yep. At, at best? Right. I mean, now if they go out and get Antonio Brown and the rookie comes in and he has a great season, right. then it then yes, it can be borderline top ten. But you're crazy if you think that that just by adding Rich Scandrello right. and and Vic Fangio that this offense is going to take leaps and bounds strides. Right. I mean, it I think it's going to improve. But until you would hope you so. get a quarterback where you know what he is, you can't say it's a top ten offense. No, no way. And I mean, average at best sounds great. Top 15, top 16 in the league. Yep. Wow, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Sign me up. Exactly. With, yeah. with to be honest, a pretty darn low floor. Right. Just like we we're talking about bringing on right. Scangarello. Low floor, high ceiling. The defensive side, it's a totally different conversation. Right. All right. Next question coming in from Bad One. Bad One Log 21. Hey, guys. Seems like our staff is coming together now. Still waiting on the official word from Rick Scangarello. So this was before it became right. official last night. Right. Who do you think Rich, Rich's quarterback coach will be? Got the perfect guy. Andre has mm. a little bit of insight, potentially. He says, oh, I guess that's a question for right now. Yeah. Um, we kind of went through this already. I think that Haskins would have to be the first choice. Do I think he'd like a little mobility? Quarterback coach. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, I don't think it'll be Sullivan for sure. Uh, a name I've heard tossed out there uh, could be the Colts' um, assistant QB coach, mm. whose name I'm blanking on right now. But what's interesting about him is that he has had experience as a play caller in the CFL, the Canadian Football League, and that's Marcus Brady. Um, so we'll see. That might be a name to keep under your hat. You would know better than me. Is there Are there any other guys you toss out there? You know, the funny thing is, I've talked about this with you before the show and also with uh, Ryan yesterday, yeah. is there's no Rich's guys. Rich doesn't have right, guys. Right. Rich has been the guy. Now, yeah. unless he goes back to one of the, those small colleges and grabs a guy, I expect him to, to, to do exactly what you kind of suggested. Go, right. go grab an assistant quarterbacks coach out there, right. someone who he's been around, or maybe Kyle Shanahan has a name for him because those two are very close now. I think that's what happens. Word of right. mouth. Uh, it's he doesn't have a guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's been the guy. All right, yeah. more questions from Bad One. He says, "Anyways, guys, Broncos country on Twitter this week has been saying trade for AB, trade for AB, and I'm over here thinking we should go and trade for guys like Patrick Peterson, save him from a rebuild. Gerald McCoy, rumored to be cut. 
Also, free agency is looking real nice for the positions we need. Quan Alexander, Kareem Jackson, Foster, or Foster, Jesse James, Callahan, Aaron Lynch, Landon Collins. I mean, there are some game changers that can help us set up right away or step up right away. My bolt, okay. So, yeah, so that that's bad one's thoughts mm-hmm. there. And, yeah. He has a bold prediction? or he, he Yes, he does. My bold prediction for the 2019 draft. Oof. Broncos grab a quarterback in the first and trade Case to the Cardinals to help Rosen learn the Kingsbury offense. Thoughts? Huh. I think uh, here's the thing with that. Yeah. You're getting a seventh round pick in return mm-hmm. for, for Case. And also with that, are the Cardinals really going to want to strap themselves yeah. to another $20 million backup right. just to help Josh Rosen? They did that last year. I don't see them doing that this year because they just did it. Yep. And I mean, the the thing you got to understand about rookie quarterbacks is they're so valuable because they're on that rookie quarterback contract. And that allows you to add and spend big money to all the other positions on the roster. So if you add another expensive quarterback, you're kind of negating that window of opportunity you have while your rookie QB is still under contract. So I don't think that'd be a great idea. I think you can hire coaches who are familiar with the Kingsbury offense to uh, to teach and bring Rosen along. Although bad one did mention trading for Patrick Peterson. Maybe you just do a swap case for Patrick Peterson. How about that? I think the Cardinals would absolutely <laughs> laugh in your face. I would hope so. And <laughs> also, um, you know, as we talked about, it's a, you know, it's a different deal with this Fangio defense where maybe Patrick Peterson isn't all that important. Um, and guys that he suggested like Quan Alexander and uh, Landon Collins do become more important because of their fit in that defense. You know? All right, next one coming in from Barrelman 2.0. He has a bloof. You know what a bloof is? No. It's bottom line up front, Dre. It's when it's when they give a long comment or a short comment, uh-huh. and they just want to get to the point. So they say, this is my point right here. It's a few words. Beautiful. It helps us out, but I'll just have to read it if you understand. He okay. says, his bloof is, Elway is a baller. But then he goes on and says, so my bloof has no relevance to my comment, but here's my dream offense for this year. Quarterback, lock. Running back, use Freeman and Lindsey basically the same way the Saints use Ingram and Kamara. Fullback, if we keep one, Jano. Wide receiver, essentially the same as last year plus AB. Offensive line, from left to right. Bowles, Leary, McGovern, uh, Dieter from Wisconsin. Am I hmm. saying that right? Yeah, fun. And Michael Dieter. Vel- oh, Dieter. it's Dieter. And Veldeer. Tight ends, butt, and Hireman combo. Thoughts? Well, thoughts, Barrel Man. I think this is a very realistic offense you have going on. Yeah, aside from the wide receivers we had this year plus AB. You'd have to mm, – it's yeah. sub-out Sanders, sub-in AB. Um, I worry about the line and tight end group. That's the only thing. And I'm intrigued that I, I get the feeling a lot of your listeners here, uh, they're all in on Drew Locke. You know that that PR firm is working working its magic again. It's getting you guys all excited about Drew Locke like it did Rich, and uh, I wonder if you guys are getting too hyped. I just think I just think there's a quarterback. So insert yeah. first round quarterback right. there. Right. All right, next one coming in from uh, Chilango Bronco. He says, "Well, that 
well, that was that on thinking having numbered. Oh, well, that was that on having thinking we'd have number 84 and number 10. Of course, Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders as our wide receivers. Not going to happen, but I still think we should try getting Larry Fitzgerald on free agency. Love the offseason hype. Keep the good work up. Oof. What do you think, Dre? Does Larry Fitzgerald fit what the Broncos need right now? Great mentor for Cortland Sutton. Mm. No doubt about that. Probably for Tim Patrick as well. And he can play in the slot, which is kind of what we need. So he'd be a safety blanket. You know, he'd be that big slot wide receiver who could he could move him around and hunt for matchups where linebackers or safeties aren't coverage on him and get him open that way. That said, I don't think he'd be the ideal fit. And it's why I like the A-B conversation a little more. I really feel this wide receiver core needs to add some speed. Mm, some juice. That's just been the problem. Yep, some juice, some guys who can separate, some guys who can stretch defenses out vertically to open up space for the tight ends and wide receivers like Cortland Sutton to Deshaun Hamilton underneath. That's what you really need is some speed. And I worry that Fitzgerald doesn't have enough of that. And to me, Larry Fitzgerald, he'd be great in the locker room. He'd be great on the field. Yeah. But he doesn't make sense for the Broncos right yep. now. Adding him with in the Peyton Manning days would have been perfect. Uh, you know, Ideal. G- give him a chance to win. He yep. should go, as much as people don't like me saying this, he should go to the Chiefs. He should go yeah. uh, to the Patriots. He should go to a contender right now, and I think Patriots that's, perfect. Exactly yeah. that. That's where he would want to go. All right, next one coming in from Preston Nybauer. He says these questions came came across my mind as draft pod questions. But if you guys want to talk about the draft as well, the more the merrier. And perfect. I mean, I got the Why guy not? sitting right there in front of me. How would you rank the Broncos' three biggest needs that should be addressed? that should be addressed during the draft? And how do you realistically think we could or would add any free agents that would allow one of those needs to be less of a priority? Yeah, well, prior to free agency, I think you have a lot more than just three needs, right? And uh, So what are the top three? Oh, boy. I think quarterback is one, for sure. No doubt. Um, you know, the O-line, as I mentioned, you have four guys, four rotational guys, uh, three of which would be starters, um, who whose contracts are up. So you really got to figure that out. So I think O-line's pretty high up there. And given Vic Fangio's defense, I think linebacker is up there, inside linebacker. I think those would be my one, two, and three top needs. Yeah, and of course, if you move on from Derek Wolf, that opens up D-line yes, a little bit. If you If you move on from Jared Valdir and Matt Paradis, but certainly quarterback, uh, line and linebackers I can get behind. Uh, cornerback as well for me. Yep. Yeah, um, totally. Now, which one do you address in free agency if you do that? To I me, think you try to address cornerback. Yeah. And you maybe try to address linebacker. Yep, I completely agree. You obviously... You, Jeez, O-line too. <laughs> any, anything but quarterback. No. J- just Basically. leave those first-round picks yep. for that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you. All right, coming in from Broncos War Room says, I know we've touched on this a lot, but who to cheer for of the remaining four is obvious. Of course, the playoff teams. My superstitious voodoo will be behind the Saints for the sole reason that I hate Kroenke. I love... I live in Missouri, and while I'm not one of those people whining that he moved the team, I will say he's a grade A... <laughs> D-bag. I okay. Kn- I know okay. he owns half of Colorado, so maybe you Colorado friends can relate. <sighs> interesting. It is interesting. Yep. Yeah. So doesn't, Mixed, uh, doesn't uh, want the Rams. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints are the clear winner. Um, uh, I feel like I would rather see the the Chief, uh, the Rams or Chiefs uh, make it out than the Patriots. Um, mm. The Patriots are the Yankees to me. The Chiefs mm. are like the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know. Well, let me tell you um, what. Uh, let me tell you what Ryan would say to you. He would say, "You're wrong." Yeah, well, <laughs> he's uh, he's wronged a lot, that Ryan. <laughs> So that's a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black, I think. Oh um, man, this is this is great. Yeah. So I, you, you want to see the Chiefs win on uh Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And I think mm. Broncos fans don't ignore the upside of watching the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl. But a he, crushing he, defeat. How great would that be? I, I gotta say, Dre, I, I am on Ryan's side with this one. Cause here's the thing. If the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl, let's say they get destroyed, yeah. it doesn't matter. They made the Super Bowl. What that's a win. It's what a are you talking about? It's a huge year for them. They're gonna be happy about that. If the Patriots No, they're not. Oh yeah, they will be. They'll be happy to be there. They will You've covered a team that lost the Super Bowl. You know how there's no wins in that. Because that's that's the Broncos. They're used to being there. Mm. Chiefs are not used to being there. It, it's a successful season. It's the uh, first year of Patrick Mahomes, and they made the Super Bowl. You kidding me? Oh, we don't care if we lost. It doesn't matter. They're gonna be they're they're gonna be out. The Chiefs fans will be out, even if they get even if It'd they lose. It'd be like the Super Bowl. Andy Reid's fifth Super Bowl loss, wouldn't it? Or oh, no, man. I guess he went to the NFC the NFC Championship a bunch of years in right. a row, but then would never win. Went to one Super Bowl and then lost. Exactly. Whereas if oh. As if the Patriots so go to the Super Bowl and lose, then it's what you're talking about. It's an embarrassing season for them because they're ri- they I truly guess. they truly are Super Bowl or bust. So ah, I, I can't wait for our our I pods guess. next week to get you and Ryan in a room together. I mean, it's rooting for the <laughs> Yankees. You don't do that. No one roots for the Yankees. Do you root for the Dodgers? I would not root for the <laughs> Dodgers, but to me, the Raiders are the Dodgers. The Chiefs are not the Dodgers. The okay. Chiefs are like the Padres. Okay, okay, I, I can see that. You know, like... I can see that. Who They're the Chiefs, the small potatoes. So you're not a fan of greatness, then? You know, Yankees, no. oh. Patriots. No, huh. absolutely not. I'm not a bandwagoner, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> That's the values I'll be raising my daughter by. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I lo- love that. Coming in, from, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a few more comments along those lines. Oh, he boy. says, coming in from Burrito Chat, he says, hey, dudes, should I pump the brakes on my Tim Patrick excitement? Bring me back to reality. P.S. I'm all in on the Mile High Mob. Instant classic. The Mexican food boys may need to switch to Italian after all these hires. Signing off as Lasagna Chad, a.k.a. Burrito Chad, a.k.a. Not Chad Kelly. Wow. Uh, really giving us the lineage there, Burrito Brad. Wow. I, I love it. All right, Dre, I know Ryan's answer to this would be do not pump the brakes on Tim Patrick. What do you think? Same. Do not pump the brakes. We were we were at – it wasn't even training camp yet. And um, yep. you and I, and I was like, boy, that Tim Patrick sure looks good. And he has uh, done nothing but impress me this season. And I think, you know, if there's any reason to get excited about this young receiving core – he is firmly in there. He's uh he's thirty three percent of that excitement has to be that hey Tim Patrick, he's got length, he's got speed, he can make some spectacular catches. Now he also has a case of the dropsies sometimes. He needs to fix that up. But I like that he'll have some continuity with his wide receiver coach and 
Yeah, I think the guy's a late bloomer and has a ton of just untapped potential that we can still get into. When Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas were both not on the team anymore, Emmanuel, of course, did an injury. Two receivers, two young receivers, really stepped up. Mm -hmm. Now it's Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton. One that didn't, Cortland Sutton. Nowhere, nowhere to be found to end the season. So, yeah. I can't, the, the guy that produces, I'm not going to tell you to be, be totally. quiet on him. No, yeah. you, should be, you should absolutely be pumped about him. All right, next one coming in from H-Town Bronco. He says, The Godfather is one of my top five favorite movies, and now my favorite sports franchise is being ran by the mafia. I love it. <laughs> Mile oh, high mafia. On another note, I'm really excited for free agency this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. He says, On another note, I'm really excited for free agency this year, seeing all the cap room we have. If we could snag Quan Alexander and and Landon Collins and even get Ronald Darby on a nice discount deal after his injury this year, then we would be set. Then we trade up and get Haskins with the top five pick, and the rest of the draft picks can be used on offensive line and have Munchak train up those guys like he does. What do you guys think? Uh, Do not mind that plan at all. Absolutely not. I love that plan, and you know what? H-Town Bronco, I'm not going to slow you down on that thinking because John Elway is going to be aggressive. He's Mm -hmm. going to try to get these guys. And, man, not just because he's owned car dealerships in the past, but because because of what we've seen him do in free agency, he can sell. Yep. He can make that sale. I mean, he hasn't lost it because look at Munchak. He brought Munchak Mm -hmm. in here. Now, family was a huge part of that. Yes, we are lucky as kiddo is here and his grand child and I mean, lucky oh absolutely much i admitted it yeah that's the reason he yeah. said i would have stayed in pittsburgh if it wasn't for my family being here so um so certainly he still has the ability to sell guys i just say he's going to have that mindset this year where he tries to get all those guys mm-hmm. but it just may be one year until he's landing all of those top guys and you know what that's okay until he's a landing one of hey, those guys hey huh? i like what you did there Ugh. i should just call you ryan now. i know terrible <laughs> i threw up in my mouth a little bit after saying that um but you know the thing is those aren't the only options at those positions you uh you have a lot of different guys in that kind of range that you could get in free agency and that's why i think his plan sounds so sound in fact um, check out my film room on what Fanjo's defense means for the Broncos roster because um, I go into some of those options as well. Your film rooms are the absolute best. They are must-reads. J- just so. that Thank alone. You. Just that alone. Use code BSN2019 to get your annual subscription for twenty nine ninety nine. You get the 50% yeah. off discount to use on any uh, item you want in the BSN locker room. And yeah. then you get free access to, to all of Andre's film rooms. Well, too kind. All yeah, right. Yeah. We, have, we have one coming in from Alexander. He says, hey, y'all, new commenter. Been listening since before the Zach era, darker times. Wow. He's, his words. Wow. But haven't felt inclined to comment till now. Bear with me on this long post, and that it is. In regards to the Pats Chiefs debate, one scenario that I haven't heard discussed is the dismantling of the Patriots dynasty by way of a sixth Super Bowl win. I can easily see a scenario where the Patriots win and Brady, Gronk, Edelman, and Belichick all decide to slide that sixth ring on their left middle finger and walk out the door. Yes, it's a win for the Patriots, but it's a win-win-win for Broncos fans. Chiefs lose at home, win. Broncos retain bragging rights, win. Patriots dynasty falls, win. 
Interesting take. I like it. I, yeah. I, it's yeah. interesting. I don't think yeah. they would hang him up, but interesting. No, I don't. I think those guys are greedy as ever. <laughs> <laughs> as purely a football fan, of course I'd love to see Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He's simply electric. Exactly what you said, no. Dre. Hot pocket take. I believe if the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, there's a good chance we get one of the all-time great plays in Super Bowl history, a behind-the-back touchdown pass. Reports are this is one of the many passes Mahomes practices to test the boundaries of his throwing limits. Wow. That'd be something else. I mean, follow up last year with that. That'd be incredible. Yeah, that'd be insane. As a Broncos fan, I am total in total agreement with Zach and Ryan. We don't want this. I'm originally from New Mexico, but went to college in Boston. Now in, He's now in Seattle. Trust me, I fully understand the Patriots' fatigue. I lived through the free Brady deflate gate era for crying out loud. Additionally, Ryan is right. A Super Bowl win doesn't mean much to Patriots fans anymore. It's really no big deal. But to the Chiefs, it's everything. Let me put it this way. What's worse than a Patriots fan? Answer? Being a Jets, Dolphins, and Bills fan, the last 17 years have been the most demoralizing and wretched years for that division. We don't want to become this. Ah, also a good point. Lastly, none of this matters. Cosmically, it's out of their hands. It's out of our hands. That is, in fact, true. Don't tell Ryan. He won't believe you. The Patriots dynasty started with their first Super Bowl under Tom against the Rams in 2002. It will come full circle. Shoot. I just realized 2020 is more fitting. FML. <laughs> wow. Great points in there. Great yeah. points. I can't wait for you to comment next week. Some really about, out there uh, theories. About pulling for the Patriots and convincing all of the Broncos fans to actually want the Patriots to beat who's ever in the Super Bowl. Terrible. Next one coming in from Samuel B. Sue. He says, hey, Andre and Zach, reading an article on top of free agent, uh, of the top free agents to be in 2019, there would be... Many inside linebackers like C.J. Mosley, K.J. Wright, and Anthony Barr. Do any of them fit Fangio's defense, and do you think L.A. would spend the money it would take to get them? I love your offseason coverage from the Senior Bowl to the draft. Nobody better. Thank you, Samuel. Yeah, thank you, big time. Well, what do you think? Start us off. Yeah, I, I th- absolutely think some of those guys in free agency could fit Vic mm-hmm. Fangio's mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. And he loves a stud on the inside. He yeah. really does. Yep. So... I do think that Elway would give him the resources. Absolutely. You have to. I mean, you have to. You got to empower the guy and let him build the way he wants, and there'll be some really appealing options, that's for sure. All right, Andre, the fans want to hear from you. Let's oh get boy. to the rest of the questions on the other side of the break. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and and that's just something that, you know, I I think that I bring that a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. 
Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right, right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. All right, welcome back into the BSM Broncos podcast. Zach Stevens and Andre Simone rolling with you today when Ryan is out of town. And you guys hit us with so many questions. We love it. We love it. But we got to dive right into them. Next one coming in from Mr. Freeze. He says, since Andre is going to be on this pod, I have a feeling you guys might might do a bit more draft talk than normal. Ryan's comments about Locke made me go watch some highlights from Locke's 2018 season. Although they were just the highlights, I liked what I saw as you hopefully should from a highlight reel. Right. Locke seems to effortlessly launch the ball deep and looks as though he actually goes through his progression, something we haven't seen in Denver since Manning. Also, do you guys notice the movement on the ball when he throws it? The nose of the ball seems to point up and kind of floats to the target, almost like a boat skimming on water. Do you see that as a potential problem in the NFL with so many defensive ball hawks out there? Is this movement from from his some because of a sidearm delivery and getting under the ball too much. If Elway wants him though, I don't think he can wait for him at 10 and needs to move up to at least five to get him. Also, how do Locke and Haskins stack up against each other? From what I've seen, Haskins just doesn't quite have that arm and labors a bit in his deep balls where Locke just flicks it. Who is your dream first round quarterback for the Broncos this year? Yeah, um, interesting point about Locke on the how the ball sails. I um, I gotta say I haven't necessarily noticed that. I think his ball travels a little further um, because he's got some nice um, arm strength. I think I think to me clearly Haskins is the more impressive of the two. Um, his consistency, his accuracy, his ability to his just superb ball placement. The upside that a guy who's only started one season in college and already done such great things and the way he finished the season off so hot make him uh, clearly superior. You know, Drew Locke, it's interesting that you say he goes through his progressions because that was really the concern coming out of the 2017 season was eh, this guy, you know, if he's operating off his first read, he can really look amazing. But if he's got pressure bearing down or if he's having to go off his secondary reads, mm, not as impressive. And that's an area where he's really improved this season is, you know, taking what the defense gives him, going through his progressions, being a little more calm and throwing it with a little more accuracy. But there are some consistency issues, both in his footwork and in his accuracy. So I think the highlights you're seeing don't tell the full story and don't really give you a feel of how inaccurate and kind of, yeah, inconsistent he can be from time to time. You know the Tyreek Hill effect uh, that that's hit the NFL yes, the last few years yes, where everyone course. tried to get their Tyreek Hill? Of course. There's the Patrick Mahomes effect now, and that's going to help no one more than Drew Locke. People are going to overlook. Interesting. Because he's not the perfect quarterback. No, far he, from it. He, he's not, but he, he is a first-round quarterback. Yep. But let's say, and I'm just throwing this out, let's say he's really should be drafted at 20. Yep. Because he's a quarterback, he's mm-hmm. going to be drafted at 7. Yes, Because 100%. of the Patrick Mahomes effect. He could be drafted four. Heck, he could be the first quarterback taken above who everyone thinks is the best quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. But some GM could say, oh, you give me that arm. 
You give me that arm. Forget Dwayne Haskins. Give me that arm, and look what we're going to do. And puts on Patrick Mahomes tape. That's going to happen with Drew Locke this year. My favorite guy, I don't have one yet, but I really, really am keeping an eye on Daniel Jones. Yeah. Because that may be a realistic get. Mm-hmm. Now, not just sitting at 10, but maybe moving up. I mean, I, I just – someone's going to sell the farm to get one of these quarterbacks, and there may be two yeah. teams to yeah. do it. The Broncos absolutely could be in that conversation, but if they're not in that conversation, then you got to be looking at who number three is. Right. And I'm not convinced that number three is going to be Daniel Jones. I think he could move up those draft boards, be two. He could even be the number one guy. I'm so, so excited to see him next week that's a guy who i'm yes. really excited That'll about be huge. not necessarily my guy but he could quickly become my guy right. right all right next one coming in from lh he says it's impossible now to have e and antonio brown after all this fighting on twitter so give me antonio brown i hate big ben so i'll always lean on giving whomever fights him a break besides e is also a diva diva for diva i prefer the best one it's hard to argue with that yeah. anyways I love the diversity in our coaching staff, and I just wish the new coaches decide on a rookie quarterback and start him instead of having us go through another quarterback controversy. Isn't LH- there supposed to be the Patrick Mahomes effect? Mm, I hear this all ah, the time. That's that's interesting. Right? Yeah, go back to the olden days. Yeah, let him develop for a year. That's exactly mm. what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Mm. Behind Alex Smith, which is who... Case Keenum's ceiling gets compared to all the time, right? Man, that's a great, great point, Dre. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why people think like that sometimes. And you, you're paying Case a lot of money, regardless whether yeah, you cut him, right. whether you trade him, which you're not getting anything in return if you trade him, right? Or whether uh, he's he's on your team. You're paying him twenty million dollars, or you're paying mm-hmm. him ten million to be off your team. So don't worry about the money right. when it comes to that. And that's and, and here's the thing. All Broncos fans are, are going to say, but we need to see Drew Locke. We need to see that excitement. He needs to play this, that. Yeah. Andy Reid, that was probably the most impressive thing he's done throughout his career. Yeah. Was hold back. Mm-hmm. Hold back on that temptation. Yeah. Because he saw he saw in practice for a right. whole year right. what Patrick Mahomes was. Yeah. He could have easily played him. Mm-hmm. He got to play him in week 17, get to get a right. li- get a little right. chance to see what he was like. But that's probably the most impressive thing because look what it's turned out to be. Man, that's a great point. 100%. That's a great point, Dre. And especially if it's a guy like Drew Locke who's rawer and needs more development, it might be smart. Oh, you it's know? just going to be so hard for fans, for the coaches, for the players to, to, yeah. to accept that. No. But sometimes the hardest things are the best ones. Well, and you know, it might not be that... It is Case Keenum. Maybe you try to you cut Case Keenum and you try to add someone like Fitzmagic or Teddy Bridgewater. You know that bridge quarterback doesn't have to be Case Keenum necessarily. Um, but you know, with all due respect, and I'm a fan too. Um, but what we want as fans, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's not what's most important. Um, you don't you know, say. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the development of this kid is what really matters. And whatever it takes to do that is all that we should be concerned with. So uh, that's that's what I would focus on. Joe Heron chiming in on the Patriots Chiefs. He says, Ugh. I didn't realize I was in the minority that my second favorite team is whoever is playing the other three AFC West teams. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. guess so. Exactly, guess Joe. So. Are we, are we tra- tra- changing you already, Dre? No, I yeah, mean... Yeah, you, you got to be resilient. You got to put up an effort of fighting against Ryan To me, and I week. think this really shows um, 
our age difference. Um, to me, the Raiders are the Dodgers. Uh, you know, they're the team I hate in the division. As I said, Chargers and Chiefs, they're small potatoes. They're, they're hilarious. You know, what's, how many playoff games have the Chiefs won now in the last two decades at Arrowhead? Oh, one? Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Oh, no. <laughs> this changes everything. Psych, it changes nothing. You know, what's the expression? Even a, even a blind squirrel finds a walnut sometimes. Exactly. Or, that's what's happening with the Chiefs. And, guys, as soon as Mahomes needs to get paid – this window is shutting. Mm. Like their defense is already terrible. They're not going to be able to afford all those playmakers on offense. Like this is coming to an end quickly. Don't don't make this out to be like, oh, the Chiefs are starting the next Patriots dynasty. There never has been and never will be another Patriots dynasty, which is why I hate them and want them to fail at every turn. What if they just use that Patrick Mahomes three or four year window and shine? They could. They I mean. Could. How many rings does that mean, though? What if it means three? Because uh, it starts this year. Sick to my stomach. Uh, 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 Cannot accept it. Uh, 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 but then I'd have to take the Chiefs more seriously, you know? Right now, I don't take them seriously because their history proves that I don't need to. Fair. Completely, completely yeah. fair. Next one coming in from Craig L. He says, with Ryan not being there to defend himself, mm. I would like to hear one thing from each of you about Ryan that the BSN family doesn't know but should. He's always getting on Zach for things like not watching TV shows. So now is your chance to get him back. Be warned, though, this question may come back when one of you two are not on the pod. Wow. Dre, I'll let you start. I don't know if I can do this. <sighs> oh, too close. Huh? Too close to home here. I just, I got to think. I got to have think. a hard time even thinking. He genuinely is a nice, nice guy. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. Dre I think, um, I think oh, you I know. That, I thought that was your insight, was that he's a nice guy. Oh, no, oh, okay. far from it. <laughs> um, you know, I, clearly his puns are, are terrible. <laughs> and um, he's, he's wrong about football a lot, no matter oh. how, you know. He can take clips of when he was right in mm. on the pod once in a while, similar to the Chiefs. Even a blind squirrel will mm. will find a nut once in a while. But you know, uh, we we have some draft debates and X's and O's debates, and his biggest issue is that he gets caught up in like, uh, you know, Jersey swagger and stuff <laughs> like that. That's his. That's his scouting methodology, and it's it's clearly an issue. <laughs> you, clearly you, an issue. That you don't have jersey high up in your, no, in your no, rankings that's and name. Right. That's right. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Yep. You know, I have uh, maybe a cold take on this one. Mm, I, I, I'm a big fan of his puns. I don't tell wow. him that, though. Wow. I, don't, I, don't I laugh, I wow. don't, but I don't tell him. But I know, I know pretty much everyone else can't stand him. Once in a while, he pulls out a good one. Um, but, yeah, I'm... Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> What'd you think of the uh, Donatel, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. I, I got to give him props on that one. That was actually not too bad. <laughs> it, he's a little too optimistic about the Broncos all the time. Yeah. I'll, ju I'll just throw that uh. out there. I, I, don't, I don't bring him down off his high horse, but right. come on. He had the Broncos at 10 and, ten six, and 6 this year. I mean, I was at 9 and 7. Never forget 10 and 6. Never. Yeah. No. What I forget if I did 7 and 9 or 8 and 8. You were 8 and 8. Yep. Oh yeah. So you were closest. Oh, yeah. We got we got our expert right Middle here. Middle of the road. <laughs> yep. Why not? Coming in from Mile High Kansan. He says, Don't get me wrong here. I'd love to see Antonio Brown in Broncos orange and blue, and he'd really strengthen the offense. With that being said, I just don't see A B making it work. 
He's at the point in his career where I doubt he's willing to go through the growing pains of grooming a rookie. A.B. is too egotistical and would be a complete nightmare by midseason should it not go his way. Much love to you guys for keeping me sane having to go through or having to live and listen to the annoying Chiefs fans as we progress through this nightmare playoff scenario. Ugh, go NFC. So now can I just say as a quick for Mile High Kansan is what that what he calls himself. Yep. Love mm. you, man. Thank you for following <laughs> along. He being in Kansas or in Chiefs territory, of course he should be rooting for, for the Patriots. Of course. His circumstances are different. Yep. Because, you know, um, you're you're a you're a man without a home and uh <laughs> the, the barbarians that surround you are are getting are getting excited and you don't want that, you know. So I'm I'm with you. That's one of the few exceptions where I say fine, you can root for the Yankees because of your geographic situation. Exactly. So you know, I, I can adjust to context. <laughs> Fair. And and we did give that excuse for people living in in the New England area if they wanted to pull for the Chiefs, we'd understand. Right. Right. All right. Now with that was my biggest point about AB that that Ryan that that I didn't press him on yesterday uh-huh. was I just and, and and I guess Ryan's defense about AB not wanting to go through growing pains was a rookie, he's perfect for a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback's going to want to look his way all yep. the time. Yep. And yeah, I do think he could get a lot of targets from a rookie quarterback. I don't know if he'd be willing to fight through a losing season or through an 8-8 eight and eight season or through a 9-7 and seven season. Heck, the Steelers were yeah. a playoff team. They were the second best team in the AFC for half the season. Right. They were a playoff team until the last two weeks of the season and all of this stuff is happening. And then it comes yep. out of all of these stories in the past. And right. that's why, that's still my, my hesitation is, what's it going to do to not only the locker room, but a young quarterback and to your young wide receivers? Well, so maybe winning doesn't matter to him. Maybe it, it is more about the individual accolades and we can be a team that gives him that. But he still put up 1,200 yards. This was the, this was the year where it all exploded mm. and it was the mm. year where they didn't make the playoffs. We'll see. I think it could be very Steve Smith with Cam Newton in his first year where everyone thought it'd be a disaster and uh, Steve Smith would be gone by midseason because he couldn't handle having a rookie quarterback and it actually worked out for the best. Um, And obviously Steve Smith character-wise is on like five other, five different notches than A.B. No disrespect to Steve Smith. He's amazing. Uh, But I think it could work out in a similar way. And, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to move on and start fresh, and that helps. Yeah, you know? and, it, and it certainly could. Again, if Munchak gives the approval, then you roll with it. Next one coming in from Chimichanga Chris. He says, Ryan, the place with the turtle races is called Brennan's in, in L.A. You're right. Amazing food and atmosphere for Broncos games. I recommend to anyone visiting out here or living out there. While there are fans of every team here in Southern California, the Broncos have as many as anyone along with the Steelers and Pats. No surprise these franchises are no surprises these franchises are arguably the most historically successful franchises. Not the Pats. My dad was born and raised in Fair Play, Colorado <laughs> before moving to Southern California for the Good military. For you. Good Thus, for you. I was dubbed a Broncos fan upon birth. Attaboy. I agree with Burrito Chad. Maybe time to put an Italian spin on our usernames. One question. When and how is the team filmed in Hard Knocks chosen? I know you guys have you guys have 
have to stick to previous seasons, but we don't know the details. Would love to see this new coaching staff up close with our guys. Mm. So there's two when and how is the team filmed in Hard Knocks Chosen. So when are they chosen? Uh, I believe they're chosen beginning of summer. Mm-hmm. End yeah, that of, sounds right. End of spring, yeah. I believe, is when they're chosen. and Kind of in that dead period of the NFL season, that rare dead period we e- have. Exactly. And if you didn't make the playoffs the past two years, you're eligible. Mm-hmm. And I think if you didn't make a coaching change, Right. So I don't think the Broncos are eligible because they made a coaching change. Right. Next year. It's not too far off how they pick the coaching staffs for the senior bowl, huh? Maybe it's maybe that's not the second that criteria. Yeah, I know I there's wonder. two criteria. I think huh. Yeah, I don't know. Sam. I think it I, th- I think I'm the film guy, not the TV guy. I, th- uh, I think that's what it is because okay. I don't think they want uh, I think they want the the coaches to get settled in and have right. a year under their belt. Right, right. Um, so I think that's how they do it. So the Broncos wouldn't be eligible this year. They were eligible last year, of course. Hard Knocks hit it out of the park with the Browns. Yeah, but no kidding. Let's say Broncos go from six and ten this year. Let's say they go to nine and seven, mm-hmm. ten and six. They get that. Uh, they get lock. Everything is heating up. Then Broncos we will could be, be on a pace. contender. Yeah, exactly. A yeah. hot one as well. Right. Coming in from Jack Double Magnum, he says, Great pod, guys. Was curious who your top priority free agent that isn't on the team already is for the offseason. Landon Collins, C.J. Mosley, a lineman. If you were John Elway, who would you be targeting hard in free agency so you can ignore it during the draft to help secure you the opportunity to go after a quarterback in the draft? Thanks, guys. Mosley would be right at the top for me. Um, the Atlanta Falcons, Grady Jarrett, who's a penetrating defensive tackle, I think would fit ideally um, and really be a devastating force as an inside rusher for the Broncos. And Kareem Jackson, who I thought had just an amazing season for the Houston Texans and fits this kind of defense, would be right up there. I worry he's too expensive, and I'd rather save cost on guys who are mostly going to play in zone. Um, but I, I would rank him Jared. Mosley, Kareem Jackson. And here's what I do. I do offensive line. Yeah. Now, I know you said not on your team. What you have to do is you have to figure out. Jared Valdir, is yep. he on the team? Ron Leary is mm-hmm. here on the team. I believe you can move on from him pretty easily. Right. Uh, uh, Matt Paradis, is he on the team? Yeah. You know Garrett Bowles is going to be back. Uh, Connor McGovern's going to be back. Is he a starter? Is he a backup? Right. And then from there, you have to decide, free agents, who are we going out to get? I'm okay with spending big money on someone you know is good. Mm-hmm. Don't overspend on someone, but go go fill a guard yeah, position. Agreed. You could do that easy in free agency. Six right. million dollars will get you a solid starter. Yeah. Uh, if you have to go spend ten million on a right tackle, it, that's typically not out there in free agency. A mm-hmm. great right tackle for ten mil is probably not out there. But that's what you do. You hit that right. so that in the draft, you're not desperate, desperate for right. that offensive line or. You lock up everyone, you, and you think that uh, Munchak can work with these guys. Let's hope. I think that's a really interesting debate you guys had on the pod a few, uh, oh, a few episodes back. Was with Munchak on board? Do you load him up with primetime offensive linemen, or do you give um, you know, diamonds in the rough that he can develop? Mm. I think that's a really interesting point. What do you think? Boy, I've gone back and forth. I think it's why that's such an interesting question. Is I could go either way. I think. In a lot of ways, you want to maximize uh, Munchak's ability as a coach, so you give him diamonds in the rough to develop, you know, 
and that's the way to maximize his his ability as a coach. All right, next one coming in from Eric Sickler. He says, what can Deshaun and Cortland do this offseason they weren't already doing to improve? Let's face it, if they can't get open against press covers with a single high safety and eight in the box, it won't matter who our coach is or the next quarterback is. Great point. Yeah, it's it's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And here's here's the thing, Eric there really is hope and there should be hope for belief that these guys are going to be much better next year because they didn't have a full off season next year or last year. They didn't, they were drafted in April. The off season starts in January. What vets do and what they should be doing right now, uh, now that they're they're not vets, but now that they're in the league, they should be training and conditioning the next few months. Then they'll start the off season program early April, May. They they really have a, a two months of right. true time with the coaches that they didn't have last year. So just that alone should should take them to huge strides, and working with Zach Azani another year should be good continuity for them. Yeah, and I think you got to see Sutton improve as a route runner, and you got to see Deshaun Hamilton get faster. Yeah, yeah, you need to see yeah, – and you need to see Cortland Sutton catch the ball. He mm-hmm. can't – he can't mm-hmm. – be it, I think second most drops in the league or something crazy like that. Well, it, it, I mean, the problem is they're all contested balls. They're all like much, a harder degree of, you know. So if you created some separation, you wouldn't have so mm-hmm. many drops because the catches would be easier to make. But some of those slants were going through his hands too. Yeah, that's concerning. All right, right or Dre, sorry, <laughs> we made it through. Wow. One last question coming in from. Ooh, Benny Lava. He says, hey, y'all, listening to yesterday's pod and hearing that we will possibly be moving on from veteran names on the defensive line like Pecco and Wolf kind of make me worried for what it will look like next season. I think that when we have two premier players at the outside linebacker position, we take for granted that it's a play of the defensive line that allows for those two to wreak havoc on QBs and ball Mm -hmm. carriers. Defensive line has been a strength of this defense since we signed Pecco and Shelby Harris and Zach Kerr two years ago. I'd hate to see the line take a step back because we feel like we could let some of those guys go. Personally, I think Pecco is one of the most underrated players on our team and perhaps in the NFL. The guy is a monster and plays with such a high motor every play, even at his advanced age. I think we should at least consider re-signing him. Alternatively, this is a very rich defensive line class in the draft, so we could find some depth at the position in day two and day three of the draft. Go NFC. Cheers. Good call, go NFC. Um, I respectfully disagree. I think it's time to move on from Peckle mm. for sure. And I think you could move on from Wolf, though you could also hang on to him for another year. Um, but, you know, there's a decent rotation of young guys, and I think if you add to that, it can just grow and build more and more. And I think you make a great point of the D-line is essential in freeing up the edge rushers. Well, were they that great in freeing up room for Von Miller and Bradley Chubb? I mean, I think when the edge rushers don't produce in games when you're behind from start to finish, part of that is the D-line not pulling their weight, you know. Uh, So that's the only caveat I'd throw in there. And, yes, the interior defensive line class is so deep, I think you're going to be bound to find great value in the first two, three picks that the Broncos have. If you think that you can contend and win now, truly, truly win. I know we've said the Vic Fangio hires a win now, but really it's like a win sooner rather than right, later. Right. But if you thought that this was a win now team, then you probably do keep Domita uh, Peck. Yes. You, you probably sure. do keep Derek Wolf. You don't move on from Brandon Marshall. Let's be honest. If they're drafting a quarterback, they're not in win right now yeah. mode. 
Nope. They're not. So That's what are you true. doing paying uh, Domitai, even though it's probably not going to be a lot? What are you doing paying him? What are you no. doing paying Derek Wolf? Because by the time you need them, right. they're going to be too old. And there's no question about right. Domitai. And with Derek, I, I think that year will be there. He, he, do the New England Patriots. Do right. the Patriot yep. way. Move Sell on from the guy. Yep. One year too early. Especially the Patriots do that and are successful when they're trying to win now. Yep. The Broncos are a year away. Right. So do that now. And then go through those growing pains. Uh, right. Get get those younger guys. Get Shel- Make Shelby Harris a full-time right. starter. Sign Zach Kerr if yep. you think he's the guy. Yep. Get them a full year of experience. A hundred percent. And I'll say this. You know, uh, Peko, we say, could be had at a bargain value. There were really good um, nose tackles available late in free agency or even at midseason. And, uh, you know, guys like Jonathan Hankins and what have you. And Hankins is definitely better than Peko is. And, gives you more of a you know two-dimensional game so i think that's a huge difference dre you did it oh. 90 90 minute pod club you just wow. joined i don't know if we've ever done that before that's uh it's a big one thanks for rolling with me i know you're feeling a little under the weather so you're an absolute trooper and hey thank you i can't wait to do this next week with you oh man Ryan, what a blast i can't wait man to. the character of them all brandon spano <laughs> it's it's gonna be a blast down in mobile uh, of course Stay tuned for the draft pod tomorrow. And Dre, really quick, what's the Super Bowl matchup going to be? Saints Patriots. Saints Patriots. Yep. Yep. S- some people out there will love to hear that it's going to be the Pats. Let's some hope. hate hearing that. Hey. But thank you guys for rolling with us this week. Make sure you tune in to Dre for the draft pod tomorrow. And for everyone at BSN, thank you so much and have a great weekend. Believe it or not, finding the right safe for your needs is an art, and the staff at Colorado Safe Outlet has mastered it. Their team takes pride in their no-upsale mentality and allow the customer to make an informed decision while never being rushed. I would 100% recommend them to a friend because you really never think about how important having a good safe is until, you know, something bad happens. They're the best brands available, like uh, Superior and Champion, and they just had really exceptional service and knowledge, which I haven't really received from big box retailers in the past. The Colorado Safe Outlet is looking for a new installer. Drab requires clean record, no felonies, clean cut, strong build, and reliable transportation. Wages start at hourly, but will quickly go to salary if you're fit for the job. Please call Drew Weaver at 303-333-7233 and check out Colorado Safe Outlet today.